The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. Jesus said to the people, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those those servants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we are in the second of a three-week period where we're encountering some rather difficult texts from the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, uh, Pastor Strand Patterson will be preaching on the weeping and gnashing of teeth next week. So you can come for the wicked tenants today, but stay for the weeping and gnashing of teeth next week. Whenever I come to this section in our gospel readings, I think of a quote from Martin Luther, and he once said that sometimes you have to squeeze the biblical passage until it leaks the gospel. Today's reading from Matthew, next week's reading from Matthew, are definitely some of those passages that we have to squeeze just a little bit more than usual in order to hear the good news. But the good news is, it's there. I promise you, it is there in the vineyard. So on the surface, today's parable, the parable of the wicked tenants, is filled with some very dark and, yes, even disturbing images. The violence of the tenants, to be sure, and the assumed violence that will follow with the landowner leaves us all wondering, come on, seriously, where is the good news in all of this? This morning, 
we find Jesus in Jerusalem between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, standing in the very shadows of the cross when he tells this brutal story to all of his harshest critics, his audience of the day. Now, this parable is an allegory, so each of the characters represent someone else. A landowner, God, plants a vineyard, Israel, digs a wine press, erects a watchtower, and takes all the necessary steps and makes all the necessary investments to assure an abundant harvest. Then he leases it to the tenants, his harshest critics of the day, the chief priests and the Pharisees. He puts them in charge of everything as he goes away to another country. Now when harvest time comes, his servants, who represent the prophets of old, send, he sends his servants to collect what is rightfully his share of the investment. But instead, the tenants brutally stone and murder his servants. And when he sends more, they're met with the same fate. Finally, the landowner sends his son, Jesus, his own flesh and blood, and the wicked tenants kill him as well, hoping if they get rid of the son and the landowner never returns to the vineyard, they will inherit all of the land and the abundant profits that can come from it, not just for one harvest season, but for all the seasons thereafter. So, Jesus asks those around him a question. He says, what will the owner of the vineyard do to the tenants when he returns? Now, all of his critics, his opponents, all they can think of is violence, and this is what they say. He will put those wretches to a miserable death. Now, this is where we start to squeeze the passage a little bit in order for the gospel to begin leaking out. Jesus is not speaking in this moment. He's not answering his own question. If we look at it closely, what we discover is that it's his opponents that are actually answering the question. They are condemning themselves in this moment. It's their words, not the words of Jesus. And the truth is, that violent answer, putting those wretches to a miserable death, sounds and certainly is horrifying. But it's not wrong, at least according to the law of the day. The owner of the vineyard would totally be within his rights to put the tenants to a harsh and miserable death for their unimaginable and horrific behavior towards his servants and towards his son. But yet, he doesn't. 
When we listen to Jesus teaching parables, our human nature is often to look at a character in the parable that we identify with. And usually, we try and look for the best character as possible, right? We look for the character where the light shines the best. But if we're honest with ourselves, knowing everything we know that took place, I would guess most, if not all of us, would also call for a miserable death. I mean, 2,000 years later, our world still assumes or demands retribution. It demands, at times, violence. Right? We hear this motto of, don't get mad, what? Get even. And for some, it seems to be a rallying cry in our society. Regardless of our age or gender or where we come from. I mean, we see violence all around us in many and various ways. It's, it's physical, it's mental, it's verbal. And at the very core, it's intended to injure, to hurt, to abuse, to minimize, to intimidate and destroy. But let me be clear, our reading today, this is not the answer that God is looking for in the parable. This is not the answer that God is looking for from you and me today, because when we squeeze the biblical passage hard enough, what we discover is this, that the parable itself is not so much about the wicked tenants or Jesus' harshest critics or even, for, even about you and me for that matter, but it is about a merciful and loving God. A God who have totally would have been within his rights to punish us for our behavior, for the things we do and say that hurt one another and ourselves, and yet... He doesn't. Why? Because God so loved the world that God gave his only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. In other words, God didn't go to all the trouble of going into the vineyard simply to point a finger at you and me, telling us all the ways that we fall short and fail and the things that we haven't done. He came into the vineyard. He came into the world to put it right again. He came in the, into the world in order to put you and me right again. And yes, we fall along life's way. And in those moments, God picks us up, brushes us off, and looks at you and me and says, you are my beloved. I love you. So this story, this parable, it's hard at first glance to hear all of this disturbing language, but I want you to understand that this story, this parable, is not about a God of vengeance. 
It is not about a judgmental God, but rather it is a story that, yes, has violence and pain and suffering and even death. But when we squeeze the passage, the good news is that none of those things, none of those horrific things have the last word. Because it is a story of a generous, loving, compassionate, kind, merciful, forgiving, and loving God. A God who keeps coming back to us time and time again, reaching out with arms of love and grace. It's about a God who rejoices when we rejoice and mourns when we mourn. It's about a God who hurts when we ourselves are hurting too. It's about a God whose heart breaks at the injustices and challenges and struggles in this world of ours. And it is about a God who never gives up on you and me, even when we feel like giving up on ourselves. And it's about a God who may be disappointed in our actions, in the things we say and the things we do that hurt one another and ourselves, and yet God still comes to us in love and grace and peace and forgiveness. So when we squeeze this passage enough, and sometimes we have to squeeze really hard, what we see here is who God is and how God acts, especially in the most difficult and trying of times. And because God has done that for you and me, then we are called to go out into the world and do the same thing, to reach out into a world in need, to reach out in love and grace and forgiveness and kindness to care for the world, to care for the vineyard that God made. So today I want you to hear this abundantly clear. Wherever you find yourself today, know that you matter. Know that you are not alone in this life of ours. And know that you are loved beyond measure, not by a God of vengeance, but by a God of deep and profound and everlasting love. And when we squeeze the text a little bit more, the good news that is revealed to you and me is captured in the quote on the back of your bulletin by Frederick Beekner. The one who judges us most finally will be the one who loves us most fully. Let it be so. Amen.